Edith. Hey, Christy. Did you know that August 16th is National Tell-A-Joke Day? No. So gird your loins, Edith. Here we go. Oh, no. I got some weeds in my potato garden. Oh, no. It's actually okay. I was going to make baked potatoes anyway. I'm sorry. So my potatoes... You mean baked like when you do a lot of marijuana? Very good, Edith. Yes, yes, yes. Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hello, everybody. Hello, gardeners and wannabe gardeners and people who just like the sound of our voices. Oh, how many of them do Two. you think? <laughs> you and me. <laughs> yeah. Though, interestingly, people usually hate the sound of their own voices. That's true. That's true. I was just saying that as a joke because I also hate the sound of my own voice. How are you, Christy? I feel like I have smoked a pack of cigarettes. It is so smoky. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, it's tiresome. It's tiring. It's really, really tiring. And so many, millions of people are going through it. So we just wanted to say we're with you on that. We're there too. I went for my walk this morning and it has a beautiful, it's right in our neighborhood. It has a beautiful little hill that you can climb up and a nice view of the mountains. Can't see them. No, haven't been able. I think this is day 37 or 38 of the, of an air quality alert. Would you like an observance, Edith? Yes, I would like an observance. August 21st uh-huh. is National Honeybee Day. Oh, nice. Maybe this is finally the time I get my bees. I've been what? wanting bees for so long. Oh, you mean you wanted a beehive? You want I a beehive? I do, hive? yeah. I want bees. You want to be a beekeeper? Oh, yes. Oh, I want to be, be so a keeper cool. of bees. Oh, that'd be so cool. This sounds fun. And oh. I can't have any more inside pets, so maybe I'll have some outside I pets. I think that's great. So so I hope you do get that. Um Here's what I'm observing. We have just passed the dog days of summer. Did you know that? No. It is so true. Now, I don't know if you know what the dog days are. I always thought that they were like when it's so hot that your tongue is hanging out like a dog. That makes total sense to me. That makes sense to me. That's not what it is (laughs) at, at all. Okay. It is July 3rd to August 11th. And I'm going to read what it says on Wikipedia. The dog days of summer are the hot, sultry days of summer. They are historically the period following the rising of the star system Sirius, which is the dog star. Oh, I love it. Which from Greece, it is connected with heat, drought, sudden thunderstorms, lethargy, fever, mad dogs, and bad luck. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Which we've had a lot of that, haven't we, in the last... Yeah. uh, Oh, my goodness. uh So now we're past all that. Past all that. Air's going to clean up. Everything's going to be great. Oh, I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that. Oh, you're so welcome. I've always wondered. Let's do a shout out to our garden party. Yes, let's do. This week, we'd like to celebrate... Mike and Diana Kay from the beautiful Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. Mike and Diana gave us a couple bucks so that we can keep doing the podcast. And if you folks are interested, if you get some value, did you not know what the dog days of summer are about? 
value. Your life is just improved. Your life is improved. All you need to do is click on the link in the show notes and you can become a member of the garden party, a supporter, a patron, and you get some fun merch when you sign up, like a a mug or a t-shirt or seeds from our garden. Speaking of which, our merch is on sale this week, Christy. Everything is 30% off. Everything. That's a big deal. Over 70 different products. Mm-hmm. You just click on the link in the show notes and you can see that too. So, Christy, how's your garden? Well, I've had a disagreement with my handsome and handy husband about Gunther. About your sauerkraut? Yeah, so folks, I started making my own sauerkraut. I started it 10 days ago. And with Edith's help with her German heritage, she looked at it last week. We thought it looked okay, uh-huh. but we thought we needed to put some more brine in it and uh-huh. weigh it down more is what you said, right? Yeah. So I put a little bit more of salted water inside because it wasn't totally submerged yeah. in it. And we, um, we, I weighted it down more. And uh, my handsome and handy husband kept saying that the house was smelly oh. because of it. I'm looking it up on websites saying, like, how do you know if your sauerkraut has gone bad? It still smells nice. It still smells sweet. But do you know how you can sometimes get nose blind? Yes, you can. Yes. So my handsome and handy husband was outside today. You know, he went off to work and he came back in and he goes, Christy, this house is just reeking. I go, it is not. It is not. But then I went, like, upstairs for a little bit and I came back down again and I went, oh, no. Oh, no. It, oh, no. It smells really, really, really bad. Oh, no. It smells what really bad. Oh, no. So You're I like worse than just regular sauerkraut. Yes, <laughs> oh. it smells and like I think maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think now I know the difference because before it was smelling kind of sweet. Yeah, That's the only way I can describe it is it smelled kind of sweet, and now it, there was a, just a terrible smell of like something dying and rotting. I'm afraid, Edith, you're going to have to go. And look at it Uh-oh. afterwards. And I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared to look at it. Sort you of haven't like, looked at it. You haven't looked at it? No. I'm How scared. not have looked at it? It's sort of like, you remember when I put all those tomatoes in the attic and I was afraid to look yes. at them because I left them up there for 10 months? Yes. Oh, oh it's going to be disturbing. Yeah. And another front... Um, I wanted to ask you, how was your uh, sneak zucchini on the porch day? <laughs> yes, folks. That was such a fun day. Folks, I got to tell you that. Uh, so August 8th was sneak zucchini on your neighbor's porch day. And, um, of course, I don't have any zucchini this year because of a lot of failed attempts to grow zucchini. So, But I have yellow summer squash, which I think is pretty close. Uh-huh. So I was going around the neighborhood sneaking some on people's porches because I, I get about two yellow summer squash a day i have so many plants and because she is determined to observe every single holiday (laughs) that one's fun it's a fun one (laughs) so edith lives just three blocks away from me so i thought i so i walked over and i was going up on her porch um to sneak some in and before i even got to her front step what happens i saw you you saw me i saw you through the window (laughs) you went hi christy and i went dang yep shoot so Went in, had a nice chat, got to see your son and your daughter-in-law, and that uh-huh. was really that was really exciting and nice to see them. And then I went on my way to keep, you know, Getting, de- delivering, uh, mm-hmm. delivering, sneaking yellow squash on people's porches. And then I made my way home. And folks, what was on my doorstep <laughs> when I got back? <laughs> but two zucchini <laughs> from Edith. You know what's amazing? <laughs> 
Now, when you came over, you'll verify this. My daughter-in-law was going through Braxton Hicks. Yes. Because she's expecting a baby tomorrow. So even with all that excitement going on, their first child, when you left, my son Chris goes, you know what would be really funny? (laughs) (laughs) What a guy. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So that's why I did it, because I thought, that is hilarious. And I'm going to, I think what I'm going to do with that zucchini is I'm going to make some zucchini fritters. Oh, good. You talked about them last year. You like your fritters. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I figured out why forget-me-nots are called forget-me-nots. Why? Beautiful little ice blue flower. I love them. And I grew them from seed. I got some seeds from a local theater company, actually called Local Theater Company. Uh-huh. And they were giving away these seeds as a little marketing gimmick as in don't forget yeah don't forget this theater company uh-huh. and i planted them they grew i had beautiful forget-me-nots right by my little park bench um on, a, on the side of my house and today i walked by them and i didn't realize that when they go to seed eat it they have these little burrs on them so the whole plant came with me and <laughs> grabbed me and then i had these little burrs all oh, over my socks and, i didn't know and that. on my gloves and I think that's why they're called Fermicantminots. Oh, that's funny. No, I did not know that. Very good. We're learning so many things today. And I had a new dis- new epiphany about Japanese beetles. Okay. I have a little bit of Virginia creeper that kind of comes through my neighbor's fence, and I kind of I kind of train it along the side. Uh-huh. That's where all the Japanese beetles have been. Uh-huh. I think they might be so attracted to that little section that they're leaving the rest of my garden alone. That's really possible, Christy. Absolutely. Well, how about your garden, Edith? How's it going? Oh, it's going so well. You know, I got a head start on my fall planting. For the first time, I planted spinach seedlings in little... Oh, little seedlings. Yes, because I want a head start, you know, because we never know how long the season's going to last. I planted spinach seeds mm-hmm. just I'm right gonna, in the ground. I'm going to do that when it's cooler. Okay, I already I just, I did it this week. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it next week. So all of my Four Seasons lettuce has gone to seed, and I'm going to let it self-sow. Oh, no. Yep, oh, just no, like Edith, last year. what are you doing? That was hilarious. That was just funny. It's funny to have 140 things of lettuce in your garden. It's funny. So <laughs> I also... I'm just saying it multiplied, though, because if, like, if each... If each oh, lettuce can go by 10, it's going to be right. like Mickey Mouse and the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, that's right. It's going to be a lot. Luckily, I love that lettuce. Um, what else? Oh, my! I have some cilantro that has self-sown. So the second part has started. Really? It's succession planting itself. That's, That's exciting. Interesting. So do you think, do you think I, if I just planted straight cilantro, Edith, that uh-huh. I could get some before the fall? Um, you know what? Try now. Try yeah. in a week from now. Try once a week every week for the next three weeks. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, because, you know. I love that. I, yeah. So I was excited about that. My beans, my three bean plants have blossoms on them. My plum tree is dying. Oh, it, it is dying. Yeah. Um, however, I've saved the best news until last. The yellow squash that we, you took, that gigantic thing over to my yard, it's alive. Aha! It's alive. I've been watering it, and it, it has leaves in the middle. It made its own leaves. I feel so excited and vindicated when i saw that i'm like she is going to just she's just gonna you know 
Yeah. I remember you told Be me so that excited. was dead, 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 I said dead, it was dead. dead, dead, dead. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. It's alive, alive, alive. Well, that's interesting because that means we could do that in the future too. Like if we have too uh-huh. much of something, uh-huh. like what if uh-huh. I have like a big broccoli and like, I don't want this broccoli. I yep. could just run it over. We could keep trying that. We could, uh, Yeah, I had no idea. And it kind of really vindicates also our saying of when you make a mistake, the garden will forgive you. Yeah. Because they say you're not supposed to be able to transplant something that big. That was huge. Folks, I would say it was about three feet, mm-hmm. three to four feet. It I is think going. So. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm holding my hands apart like that. Oh my gosh. We got to get more pictures of that. That is, yeah. that is, I'm just, you're going to, we're going to post some pictures of that. My mouth is to the floor. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so excited. Now the real interesting thing will be, will you get any yes. flesh on it? Yes. Will, will there be time? Well, we'll see. Yeah. Your, your your little baby yellow summer squash is a lot bigger than my new baby zucchini. Hmm. I think yours might be twice as big. One thing that I realized, though, is I think it might have been getting too much shade from the sunflowers. Oh. Last week, I told everybody one way that I save water is to create some shade in my garden by planting yeah. sunflowers. And I think usually what happens in this area is that the zucchini will be well established before the sunflowers get this big. That's right, of course. Of course. So I cut some back a little bit and deadheaded a lot. So. I also planted it on one of my hoogles, my most productive hoogle. It is right next to the compost. Your so hoogle culture. My hoogle culture, little hill. And the soil must be unbelievable because it's just exploding. And anything I plant there does great. Wow. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Check out our website for the funny and informative Upside Down Dictionary at UpsideDownTulips.com. Like if you don't know what the word hugelkultur means. It's on there. Or you can just click on the link in the show notes and that'll take you there too. Also, see what we've got on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, or YouTube. And now, enjoy a pop play about bindweed, because that's what we're talking about uh-huh. today. And this pop play first appeared way back in our first episode. Excellent. Upside Down Tulips is sponsored by Bindweed Single Service. Are you looking for that special person for a forever relationship? Maybe someone who shares your love of gardening. Find your special person at Bindweed Single Service. We'll find your match. We guarantee the roots of your love will grow deeper with time and that the ties at Bind will grow stronger every year. You'll never be alone again at Bindweed Single Service. Well, here we go with our weed topic. And I want to first do a shout out to Anne from Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. We read her letter. Remember she had something in there about gallon soga? Yes, we didn't know what that was. I looked it up. And um, it's kind of a pretty little weed. We don't have it here. But the interesting thing to me is it's edible and can be used as a pot herb or in salads. Although, outside of their native range, they have not been widely adopted as a culinary item other than in China. (laughs) In other words, Anne in Pennsylvania just calls it a weed. She just calls it a weed. And I don't think she eats it. I just get the feeling. Not going to eat it. Well, let's talk about what everybody loves to hate, Edith. Oh, bindweed, right? Bindweed. I can't think of anything I hate more than bindweed. Do I hate Japanese beetles more or bindweed? It's close. Well, bindweed has a longer season, doesn't it? Yes. And it really can strangle the plants around it. It's just vicious. It is. And you can't pop it into a bowl of soapy water and And watch it die. 
you know, and that's would, that would be so much more fun if we could. Dude, there are the days where that's the highlight of my day, okay? <laughs> well, bindweed, the Latin word is con... Oh, my goodness Bindus me. weedus? No. Oh. It's, it's really kind of cool if I could say it. Convo... Convo... Can't say it. Convolulas. Okay. Convolulus? No one's yeah, Convo Lulas. Make it up. Nobody knows. Convolulas arvanesis. And what it means is that it is from the Latin of convolva, which means to twine around. Ah. As in convoluted. That's what I thought. That makes sense. And this weed is non-native to the United States. It is deep-rooted. It is a long-lived perennial. It has extensive, deep, fibrous root system that reproduces and spreads not just from its roots, but also from, from seeds. seeds. And a reminder that we call this a noxious weed for the reason that it is not native, which is why we have so much problems with it. Yeah, it originated in the Mediterranean or parts of Europe. It was introduced to the United States as a contaminant in farm and garden seeds they say around the mid 1700s mm. wow the first record of field bindweed in north america was in 1739 in virginia and they think it arrived in the ballast of ships but may have also been a contaminant of some imported seeds okay so mm -hmm. it's been around a long time mm -hmm. for the next hundred years it was found here and there in north america but it wasn't a problem uh, at around 1800, the flowers, Edith, were considered attractive. And did you know you could buy seeds for your garden? Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. Isn't it a, a relative to the morning glory? It is. And I, yes. buy, I say morning glory seeds, but they're nothing similar. They're not at all similar. It has that arrowhead-shaped leaf, and then the flowers... Um, are white, but they can also be pink, and they kind of have that little trumpet like a morning uh -huh. glory flower. And then they only the flowers only last one day, just yeah. like a morning glory uh -huh. flower. And then they will go to seed. I have seen them completely cover fences, like you can't even see the fence anymore. It's like what is that thing in in the south? Oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, mm -mm -mm. It's kudzu. Yeah, it's like it's like kudzu. It's like our kudzu. Yeah, and it's all over the United States. Um. After the 1800s, the first report in Kansas was in 1877, and by 1900, it was in all the western states of the United States and across Canada. It has been reported in every state in the United States. It is considered to be a noxious weed in 22 states, and it grows in very large numbers across the high plains of our home state of Colorado, and it is listed as one of the 10 most serious weeds in the world. Well, it has this extensive fibrous root system that re reproduces and spreads from seed and roots. A bindweed plant can produce up to, one bindweed plant uh -huh. can produce up to 600 seeds per year. Oh my gosh, must be Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what percent of those seeds are viable, Edith? What? 90%. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, and approximately 20% of these seeds will germinate immediately, while the remainder, you know how long a, a bindweed seed can remain viable for? This is going to hurt. What? 60 years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now, I'm kind of getting a little pressed here about the, um, you know, the genetic evolution of this. Yeah. This freaking vine. 
Yeah. Um, and the, here's the, here's how the seed can germinate. The temperature zone it can be in, right? Mm-hmm. From 40 degrees yeah. to 100 degrees. Oh, boy. It's going to be bindweed <laughs> and roaches, and the rest of us are going to be gone. Yeah. Do I know the elevation, Edith? What is it? 8,000 feet. That's how high it can go up. Wow. Um, it can spread 10 to 18 feet through its roots each year. Oh, that's horrifying. The roots can grow to a depth of? A thousand. 20 feet wow. in the soil. Uh-huh. Um, though 90% of the plant's roots are generally in the top foot, which I did not know that. And um, a, one, a piece of root that's only two inches long can grow into a new plant. That's why it's so hard to get rid of them, huh? That's why we hate it. They're, uh-huh. so, they're so feisty. They're so difficult to control. Yep. They wrap around plants mm-hmm. and they choke strangle them. and choke them they take away nutrients and moisture mm-hmm. from other plants yep um you know they're also mildly toxic to livestock oh well i'm gonna go home and tell bessie don't you <laughs> eat that <laughs> uh if a pasture is overrun by bindweed there's a danger that horses will eat enough to poison and kill themselves yikes wow and um, if it's in your if, you, if it's in your farm, this is for all our farmers out there. Uh huh. Um, your agricultural land can be reduced as much as fifty percent because of bindweed. Wow. And the twining habit of the growth, if it like gets in your corn, uh huh, can cause um, the harvesting machines to log to jam up. Oh, for heaven's sakes! Wow. No wonder they use like massive amounts of of herbicides. Bindweed you know? is, is, a, is a tough customer. Damn. So should we talk about how to get rid of it? How to get rid of it. Yeah, how? <laughs> Christy. Well, the best thing I've learned is prevention. Okay. Um, it's the cheapest and best management option, and that is to improve your soil. Bindweed grows in sick soil, in eroded soil. And in each case, they increase and multiply. They're started by an improper decay of organic material. So get increase, improve your soil, and bindweed won't grow there. Really? It grows in sick soil. Yeah, I'm not sure I believe that. <laughs> no, really. I'm really okay. not sure I believe that. I think that anything with that number of seeds, 90% which are viable, yeah. why wouldn't it grow in good soil? Seriously. That's a good point. You know, maybe it's just because it grows in everything. I got to tell you, ever since doing all of this research for this podcast, there have been two opposing views on so many issues. Have you noticed that? Um, Although I will say that usually I do see more of it in what you call sick soil. Mm -hmm. I see that, but I wonder if that's because it's untended. You know what I mean? People that don't tend to the soil because it can, it, it doesn't need a lot of water. I like, have read that it likes soil that's been disturbed, though. Oh, that's interesting. Because it it, yeah. it, it roots up the uh, yeah. the seeds, right? Well, let's talk about pulling. Okay. Not a good idea. Well, I mean, you does can it work? try, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't really, doesn't really work. The problem with pulling is that it the, there's so much root structure mm-hmm. underneath there that you're just... You're just leaving, you're just leaving parts of it, and yeah. it'll, it'll come, it'll come yeah. back. Have you heard about... Cutting versus pulling, Edith? May I say may I say that when I moved into my house, I had quite a bit of bindweed. May I say I got rid of it? Most of it. I got rid of almost all my bindweed. And I did it by cutting 
cutting it off at the soil level. And how, why do you think that's different? That's a really good question, and I don't know why would that be different than pulling it. I don't know. Yeah. Because maybe when you pull it, it puts it in a rage, and it takes yeah, revenge on you. That's what I think. I think it, I, that's it, it has emotions, it's okay? Bad. Yeah, but and when cutting you, it just kind of surprises it. Yeah, it surprises it, and it's like, uh-oh, we have to put all our energy into growing right back on the soil, and, and they do that, and then it eventually they get... It gets weakened. But may I say, before you get all excited out there, it took me 15 to 18 years to get rid of my bindweed. And I have like three plants left that I found the other day. Oh, yeah. I see it it, it, pretty much all, sprinkled all throughout my yard. Mm -hmm. And folks who listened to the very first episode would remember that this is one of my favorite gardening mistakes was that when I first moved into my house, Mm -hmm. not realizing that what bindweed was coming from Minnesota, there wasn't that much that I had the whole lawn dethatched. And I think what happened was that all that, I just, I just chopped yeah. up all this bindweed because if all you need is two inches oh my to make a new plant yep. and every one of them became of a new plant. And I also didn't know really how to mow and how to water properly uh-huh. because if you deny, if you deny weeds, Real estate. Yeah. That also helps. A healthy lawn will prevent. Yeah. So, and it took me a, a long time, too, to get rid of it. And I, But I still see it sprinkle through. And I've been a puller. And I have to say this, Edith, I'm going to start cutting. And I'll, and I'll check back in 15 years. <laughs> okay. Let me know. And, you know, I just had a thought. You know about the, it grows in poor soil. Maybe really that is because when the soil is good, somebody really is growing other things and denying it real estate. Good yeah. soil will grow flowers and grass and all that stuff. And um, and flowers and grass and vegetables won't grow in poor soil. Right. So maybe that's what it is. So everybody's right. Win-win. Yeah. Men... Are you striking out on the single scene? My love for you is just like diarrhea. I just can't hold it in. Oh my gourd. Do you believe in love at first sight, or should I just walk by again? Get out of here. Are you related to Jean-Claude Van Damme? Because Jean-Claude Van Damme, you're sexy. No, thank you. Well, no wonder you're still alone with these old worn-out come-on lines. Let Bindweed Singles teach you how to hit home runs with the ladies. We'll teach you come-on lines that work, like... My garden tools are shiny and new and waiting for you. Oh? I'm a gardener, too! Is this seat taken? Hello, I'm a doctor. Uh-huh. I own my own home outright. Uh-huh. And I have an heirloom seed collection. Wow. Tell me more. I'm told I lay an excellent layer of mulch. That's so intriguing. I've always been an heirloom woman, but you make me feel like going hybrid. Wanna come up and see my Amaryllis? You betcha. I love a good potted bulb. And that's just a start. Find your perfect partner at Bindweed Singles and you will never be able to let each other go. Um, what I've read is that if you are, if you're gonna cut it off at the ground level, do it as soon as you possibly can, and that will 
can start help starve the plant. Yeah, because the longer you wait, the bigger the root system grows. And you have to be really, really patient. Yeah. Yeah. Decades. Um, you can also suffocate. Mm-hmm. One way to suffocate is when in doubt. Mulch. Mulch it. You mulch you it. really heavily have, we're talking heavy mulch, like maybe two, three inches. That can help. I've seen people who use cardboard, mm-hmm. plastic wrap, you know, uh, garbage bags. Yes. To help suffocate it. Yes. You have to be patient for that too. That might take a season or two. We might just insert here that Christy and I don't really use um, chemicals on our on our gardens at all. So that's why we're going through all these other things you can do. Have you ever used vinegar, Edith? Yes. I've used vinegar on my uh, creeping bellflowers. And vinegar is another thing, Christy. Vin- you can buy uh, agricultural vinegar, which is very high strength, but it takes more than one application usually. You can make your own... Now, I'm going to do this. I have a recipe. Do you know how much I love having yes, recipes? Yes, I love it when you do this. I have a recipe. So this is a do-it-yourself weed killer recipe, and it seems like it would work. Okay. You take a gallon of vinegar, just kitchen vinegar, 5% acid, one ounce of dish soap, mix them together, put it in a plastic spray bottle. Oh. Now, that sounds now, like... Does it is apple cider vinegar better, worse? Does it matter? Or do you need white vinegar? Or does it matter? I don't know if it matters, but I would not use apple cider vinegar for the reason that it's so expensive compared to <laughs> white vinegar, you know? Sure, sure. And what you said is like white vinegar is 5%. And, yes. And horticultural or agricultural mm-hmm. vinegar is more like 20 to 25%. It is. And the way that works is you spray it on the leaves, the sun, and then you have to wait for the sun to hit it, and the mm. leaves burn up, and they dry. And make sure, folks, if you're using that kind of vinegar, make sure that you um, uh, have something to protect your eyes. Not only that, it'll kill it'll kill the soil. I mean, be careful where you use mm. it. You don't want to hurt the stuff around it either. Uh, correct. Uh, I've heard people who put paint it on and not spray it, just to be on the safe side. Put paint on To paint leaves? it as in the verb. To paint the vinegar on. Oh, paint the vinegar. Oh, okay. Yeah, so get a little okay. brush and paint it so you're not spraying, you know, not spraying willy-nilly oh, okay. and stuff. Okay. So you're hurting other plants. And make sure you're you're covering up your legs and your feet. Make sure you have closed-toed shoes mm-hmm. and you're wearing jeans just, mm-hmm. just in case because that stuff is not to fool around with. And nobody, It'll burn you. No, yeah, nobody It'll wants burn to, you. Nobody wants to smell like a salad. It's just, you know... <laughs> I mean, rotten sauerkraut is one thing, but human smelling like salad. <laughs> you know what I read today? And I have never heard this before. Baking soda. You can use baking soda in, like I have a, a what do you call it, driveway. Uh-huh. And it has some cracks in it. And I've got quack grass and stuff coming up in the cracks. And that's a place that bindweed loves to go are in the cracks of things. Now, I don't know if this would work on bindweed because it doesn't work on everything it said. And I've never used it. But I did it today. Is I put baking soda all along this one strip. Yeah. And I want to see if it works. Who kn- Did you Report ever hear of that? I never heard of that. No. Hmm. But baking soda is wonderful. Like apple cider vinegar. Of course, why not, right? Yeah. yeah. Baking soda does everything. You're right. Uh, what about boiling water? I've done that, and then I'm sure that I've killed other things. It kills the microorganisms. It kills worms in a horrible, horrifying way. So, no, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I, I've also heard that boiling water can be good for sidewalks and patios. 
Um, I've done it once before, but I got to tell you, Edith, it's really a pain in the butt because you, you're at your house and you got your tea kettle going and you boil it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then again, also folks, you should make sure you're wearing like closed toed shoes and jeans and stuff like that because uh-huh. as you're running it out to your backyard to go to the, you know, I was do, trying to do it in my driveway running. So I'm running out there because I don't want the temperature to drop. Uh huh. Which is, so I'm running out there with this huge steaming piece of metal that's mm-hmm. spewing hot water on it. And you're trying to, by the time you get it out Such there. Such a bad idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems, it seems kind of silly. Yeah. Now, my, my neighbor this summer had somebody come out and did the torching mm. for her weeds. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot of bindweed in the front. Some of it was in um, a gravel like a gravel driveway, because mm-hmm. I have a gravel driveway. It's so kind of a gravel section mm-hmm. here, a lot of bindweed. And um, came out with one of these torches. And I don't know if you've seen these folks, but they actually they look kind of cool. It is this, um, it has a little propane tank, and it has this long tube that goes at the end, and then this little torch at the bottom, and you can go and just burn the weeds out. And when they first came out and did it, I was mightily impressed. I go, wow, all that bindweed is gone. Uh-huh. And then a couple weeks later, it was wow. back. Wow. And the people that came and did it, they said, oh, that can happen. Sometimes it needs a couple applications, which mm-hmm. we know, like, oh, you got to apply vinegar mm-hmm. a couple times. You got to do the boiling water a couple times. So they did it again. And guess what? What? It's all back. Ugh. It's all. And I don't know how many applications. Is she, if she's going to do it again? Um, wow. Uh, the other weeds, it seems like it got other weeds that were out there. Like it seems like thistle didn't, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing that thistle come back or spurge or um, purslane or other, you know, dandelions. I think it's getting that, but I just think bindweed is a different it's animal. It's a whole different thing. Uh, well, what about bindweed mites? I don't know about that. This I learned from Betty Cahill. Shout out to her, a long time uh, columnist for the Denver Post who knows a lot about gardening. She introduced me to a mite, which is invisible to the human eye. Oh. And it, you can, it loves to eat bindweed. It's called the bindweed mite. And where do you get this bindweed mite? You can order it from the Request a Bug program from the Department of Agriculture. And supplies are limited and vary year to year. But when the mites are ready for release... Somebody will contact you to collect payment and make sure that someone can receive the mites via an overnight shipment. Now, how do you know you have them if they're invisible? I think it might be similar to the milky spore. Okay. Remember, so when we tried the experiment with milky spore, now milky spore for Japanese beetle, most people are saying does not work. However, they are saying that this mite... Well, that's interesting. This might might work. I would love to hear from somebody and see, because I've never even heard of that. But then I also found this other thing I've never heard of, which is to solarize, which is basically you put a thin plastic, has to be see-through, over over your land, and you put a trough around it so you kind of tuck it in, Uh you know, press it down, and it literally burns everything. It burns and kills everything. Not just the weeds. Yes, you have to be careful. You have to be really careful. It's it's good for something if you're going to start like a whole new garden. Yes, I have seen that. And then um, if you, you're supposed to do it in the heat of summer, but that's when most people have their garden. But you can also do it in early spring Ah. or in fall. It just may not be quite as efficacious. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Then the last thing I think we should talk about are people who are going to use um, glyphosate, mm-hmm. which is also known as Roundup, Weed Be Gone, um, 4D. I also think there's a product called 7. There's a product called 8. Uh, we encourage folks not to use those products to find a way to, you know what, if your garden's going to be a little weedy, if there's going to be a little, little bit of bugs around to to tolerate that or try to find other options. Because we want to remind you that Roundup lost in the court of California. They lost a major lawsuit. It causes cancer. It was been proven. And they had to pay $2 billion just to one couple alone. So it really does, is not a good thing, folks. Don't do it. Try these other ways first Mm -hmm. before you you resort to it. Just don't try that boiling water one. Yeah, you know, make some tea. Dangerous. That's and, it. And, there you go. And then just cut the bindweed. There and see you what go. That does. <laughs> Damn you, bindweed! I am root. I know what you are, and you're like six feet long, but I won't give up. Ha! Gotcha. I am still root. Oh my gourd. I need the help of the gardeners of the galaxy. Stand back, earthly backyard gardener. Captain Garden is here. Oh, thank heavens. I'm pulling weeds and I thought I had it, but it's still alive. Did you hear a sort of popping sound? Yes, I did. Not good. Leaving even a little bit of the root of some weeds and it will just regrow. I am root. We know who you are. Maybe I point out a few things, Ernest Backyard Gardener. Oh yes, please do save me, Captain Garden. Look how dry the ground is. It's very hard to pull weeds when the ground is packed and dry like this. It will often break the root, especially on such a large weed. Look at this little weed. And the soil here is wetter. Try pulling that. I am root! That's a giant ragweed. Little now but it can grow to 15 feet high. Out it comes. Uh, uh. Hey, that came out easily. Let's try this one. Wait now, that's a little dandelion. I am root. Are you sure you want to pull that dandelion? You could leave it for the bees or put the leaves in your salad. Very nutritious. All right, Captain Garden, I'll leave it. And thank you, even-tempered backyard gardener, for not using poisons on the soil. Mother Nature, the most powerful superhero of them all, will be pleased. Thank you. Now I wonder if you could help me haul some of this... Or not. She called me even-tempered. What a great compliment. The Gardeners of the Galaxy, superheroes whose adventures do not include decapitation, 
leading membranes, burning motorcycles, mass murder, gouging eyes, homicidal robots, maniacal despots, death by drones, or toxic masculinity. Speedy delivery, speedy delivery. Uh oh, who's here? Hello, is it mailback? Ring, ring. <laughs> Can't be the U.S. mail. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, I love oh. the U.S. mail. I just could not stop myself from making a joke. <laughs> I, but I love the U.S. mail. I use them all the time. I buy stamps and everything. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> is, I do, and I always ask for the pretty ones. Okay, here we go. It's mailbag time. This is um, this is from Pamela from Denver. And, oh, I love what she said. Listen to this. Hello, anniversary podcasters. Yes, we're at one year. She pays attention. Love it. So I have been feeding my pumpkins a pumpkin juice food as directed. I wondered if I could feed my watermelons with it, but I couldn't find the answer online, so I didn't. Fast forward many weeks later, my pumpkins are now gigantic watermelons, and my watermelons are teeny tiny watermelons. I think pumpkin juice works on watermelons that you think are pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> now, where... What? Yeah, I think what happened is that she's just growing a lot of watermelons that she thought were pumpkins. Oh, that's hilarious. She says, now where are the pumpkins I planted? I honestly don't know. Christy? That's like my zucchini. That's exactly like your zucchini. And my yellow squash, which I ended up with a lot of yellow squash and no zucchini. This is happening all over the city. This is hilarious. By the way, your anniversary special was wonderful. Aww. I decided to listen while drinking wine just to honor Edith's first idea. Good idea. <laughs> yes. I wanted to do it drunk. Uh-huh. As though we're not now. Woohoo. <laughs> also, <laughs> my professional music best friend in LA, who's never touched a plant now, loves your podcast too. Heart emoji request. Can you explain how you use Epsom salts? How much? How often? My tomatoes need calcium. Their bottoms are telling me that. Love oh. you too, Pamela. Thanks, Pamela. She has blossom end rot. Blossom Christy. end rot on our tomatoes. Not the end of the world. Easy to fix. Is it, Christy? Yeah. Okay. It um, happened, especially in the beginning of the season. Blossom end rot will happen because the plant is sending uh, more energy uh -huh. into fruiting. So okay. So I, one of my plants has one of my tomatoes has blossom end rot. Tell me how. Tell me how you think it's easy to get rid of it. More consistent watering. Okay, more consistent watering. Um, and add calcium. Okay, which brings us to the Epsom salt question. Now, I, I did do some research here. Epsom salt is um, not, doesn't have any calcium. So Epsom salt will not, it has magnesium sulfate. It will not help with blossom end rot. It will, however, I believe, although there's a controversy, I've always used Epsom salt when I plant things, and every once in a while I put it in there if the leaves are looking yellow. I've heard some. that too. I've heard that what it does is that it helps the roots, mm -hmm. and it helps the and helps make your flowers a brighter color. My gosh, maybe I should put that around my peak, my plum tree. Now here's now this is interesting. Here is what I read. I never heard of this. Why don't you put milk on your tomato with a blossom end rot? I, I did it today. One part milk, one part water, and you put it in the soil all around. You're nodding your head. Have you heard of that? I have heard of it. And I've actually heard this too, is that milk is also good to put, to spray on your leaves if you're worrying about getting that white 
powdery mildew. And you I, know how you can get that on your squash or the on very, your cucumbers? The very article I read said, whatever you do, don't spray it on the leaves. I oh, swear. Oh, I love it. I swear. I love That's it too. Hilarious. So anyway, try <laughs> try milk. I Because I'm going to see, the thing about blossom end rot, it's not a disease, right? It's right. a condition that yes. can be corrected. Although another article I read said, once you have it, you've got it, period. Doomsday. Um, really? Yes. Everybody has a different opinion. So try the milk thing. I did, and I'm going to see because it may help the tomatoes to come. Yeah. I'll say this is that I've had it. I've had blossom and rot on my tomatoes. Yes. And I've, it hasn't been the whole plant. It's just been a couple, and I uh-huh. realized that I wasn't watering. Because yeah. what will happen is that if you're not, if the plant is really dry and you're not consistent and then you do water it, yeah. all that water will go right into wants to go right into the leaves yeah and 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 that's what it's most concerned about and so therefore the the fruit that's there will get leached of calcium and yeah that's what causes the blossom yeah well good luck good luck pamela um i hope that you take care of this condition well folks Please send us your favorite gardening stories, your successes, your flops. How do you get rid of bindweed? What do you feel about putting milk on your plants? Your gardening questions, your life questions, whatever. We love hearing from you. <laughs> Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Check on the show notes. I hear violin music. I smell incense. I'm looking at Christy and she looks profound. It's time for the inspiration. This week's inspiration comes from Scarlett Thomas, an English author. For some people, love is like some rare orchid that can only grow in one place under a certain set of conditions. For me, it's like bindweed. It grows with no encouragement at all, <laughs> under any conditions, and just strangles everything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one, Christy. That's really good. Well, we're at the end of the episode of Bindweed. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. If you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you do us a favor? Hit subscribe, like, or follow, and do that for us. Thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. Visit her at denisegentilini.com. Thank you to our kind and talented friends, Zachary Andrews and David Sloan. And also to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer who prefers to be shrouded in mystery and will probably cut this. He better not. And a special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. Join us next week for the very exciting Extending the Season. Let's plant some more. Yeah. It's not going to snow for months. No. And don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Just like our yellow squash did. It's a miracle. It's alive. Upside down to me.